Lecture topic. He's Kadam. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا هو خير مما يجمعون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان لله اهلين من الناس قيل من هم يا رسول الله قال اهل القران هم اهل الله وخاصته او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسوس بكتب علماء الكرام تنزل الدرس ما شاء الله يسيز an occasion of the khatam of the hifz of the quran sharif and such an occasion is an occasion to be obviously extremely happy about when something is in abundance then sometimes the full appreciation of that doesn't remain the true appreciation of something that is in abundance sometimes is not there and when something is very scarce then people realize the value of it common example when sometimes now we have issues with load shedding and now water shedding so now suddenly when this person turns the tap and there's no water now the value of that water comes to mind and especially now if it's at a time when there was no other backup as well one is now the person has some backup so he forgets about how valuable that water is but there's no backup there was no spare tank somewhere so now the person is bold in the water room early in the morning he needs the water so that's when the full appreciation of that water or to some extent the appreciation of the water comes that what a great nimat this is and then what a great nimat that allah taala made it so easy to be to be at the turn of a tap to be available but when it is there all the time then a person uses it anyhow doesn't think twice many many years back probably going back about almost 40 years back i think there was a very severe drought and if i recall correctly there was a limit per household of 400 liters a day 400 liters a day and beyond that was some very heavy penalties and fine for every liter beyond that now 400 liters a day many people use up 100 liters in one shower only the person really measures that at the turn of the tap how much water is coming out per minute and how many minutes he stood there under the shower so in that one shower sometimes maybe if not 100 liters 50 liters 70 liters are gone in one shower nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam is wudu it was about 3 quarters of a liter and ghusl was about 4 and 1/2 liters is roughly about 4 to 4 and 1/2 liters of water the complete ghusl now when that became the situation of 400 liters per household per day so it was a very common sight that time that if it was raining then people had their gutters coming out into buckets somehow it was now even necessarily if it was necessary to modify that gutter to make sure a bucket can fit under it so the water that's coming off the roof because that time nobody had tanks and so on as such so just to have that extra bucket of water for whatever other usage that's how valuable that water became because we always had it on tap and because of its abundance 
the appreciation and the value of it diminished. Though it is priceless. Water itself is priceless. The price that we pay, whatever we pay, Allah knows how it is calculated and whatever it is. It's for all the service to bring in, but water comes, nobody manufactures water. Water is the gift of Allah. Allah. Nobody put the hydrogen and uh, oxygen together to manufacture water. Water is purely the gift of Allah. Allah. But in Sam now, whoever gathered it and whoever stored it and whoever piped it and whoever did whatever else to bring it to the home, so now for all that is all the charges. But if the water stops, Allah Ta'ala's rains stop coming, nobody can supply it. So in any case, this was just an, as an introduction that when things are in abundance, then they are not fully appreciated. When things are scarce, then a person realizes the worth of it. This is Allah Ta'ala's great Fazal Karam Ihsan that Allah Ta'ala has made an abundance of Khufaz in our country. Every town, every small musalla somewhere, every masjid, every other place, Allah MashaAllah, there is some arrangement for some class to take place for teaching hymns, let alone for the boys, for girls to undertake hymns. Going back some maybe 60 years ago, so the older people talk about the time when they had to import for fars to make tarawi from other parts of the country. Not available. Nobody around to perform tarawi, no hufaz around. So from some other part of the country there were more hufaz, there were hufaz in Cape Town. So they used to bring hufaz from Cape Town to Durban to perform tarawi. And now sometimes in one small little area there's about 15, 20, maybe more places Tarawi is being performed in homes, in garages, and wherever. And some people still say they didn't get a place to perform Tarawi. They wanted to make Tarawi, but they say, yeah, it's full too, and there is full, so finally they just did something at home, whatever. That is Allah Ta'ala's very special grace. Allah Ta'ala's special grace and Rahmat, which this is something to be overjoyed about. This is Allah Ta'ala's special favor. One Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala the kharaj had come from Iraq. The taxes that are collected from those non-Muslim citizens who now and from their lands and whatever else. So for the benefits that they are given, they are given the same protection that the Muslims are given. They are given the same services that the Muslims are given. So in lieu of that they pay a certain amount of taxes as well. So all this was collected and brought to Madinah Munawara. So Umar ta'ala came out with one slave of his to go and count the number of camels that have come. When to count it, it was beyond counting. Meaning it was not possible for them to count it. So, so much. So Umar ta'ala expressed Allah ta'ala shukar on this, Alhamdulillah. So the slave who was with, so he also looked at this now, that they want to count it, but it's not in their capacity now to count it. It's such a huge number of camels. So he said, this is from the fazal and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. The slave said this to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. This is from the fazal and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Now he was alluding to the ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited at the beginning. قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَٰلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ Allah Ta'ala says that the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala say to them this is what they should be rejoicing about. So when the slave said this was Umar this is a fazal and rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. I said no, 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 it's not that. The fazal and, and rahmat of Allah Ta'ala that's something else. In this ayat there's two things mentioned. On the one side is full bi fadlillahi wa bi rahmatihi. The fazl of Allah Ta'ala and His rahmat. And this is what Allah Ta'ala says they should rejoice over. فَلْيَفْرَحُ And on the other side, Allah Ta'ala says, هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ 
This is better than everything they amass. This is, this is from what they amass. This is not what Allah Ta'ala saying must rejoice over. This is not the fuzzle and rahmat of Allah Ta'ala which Allah is saying must rejoice over. So also Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, but not something to rejoice over. The rejoicing is over something else. This is mimma yajma'oon. This is what is amassed in dunya. What is that fuzzle and rahmat of Allah Ta'ala? This is the deen of Islam, the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, the Qur'an Sharif. The fuzzle and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, the deen that Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, hidayat, this iman, and the rahmat is that what Allah Ta'ala has revealed, the Qur'an Sharif, this is something to be rejoicing over. Now, when there is an abundance of, as mentioned, something, then it is not appreciated, appreciated as it should be. Not that it is not appreciated, but the full appreciation is not realized. Many years back, some almost 27, 28 years back, the Tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala spent one Ramadan in Palestine. It was a whole group of Hufaz and Jamaat. So at that time, this is, perhaps it was in 95. So at that time in Palestine, what was mentioned is perhaps in the entire country at that time, there were less than 20 Hufas. Less than 20 Hufas. And in all the places that we went to for the entire month we were there, so some masjid one night, some masjid two nights, wherever. So there was a good number of masjid that were visited over the period of time. But not one place there was khatam of the Qur'an Sharif. And one masjid they said there's this khatam of the Qur'an Sharif taking place in here. So, mashallah, that was something really to take note of. But the khatam there was, that the imam used to start off in the Fajr Salah. So in the Fajr Salah, whatever he recited, that's already, you know, for example, he read two pages, three pages in the Fajr Salah, so already three pages done now for the day. Then maybe he read one page in the Maghrib Salah, and something in the Isha Salah. And then in the Tarawi, well, unfortunately, it was eight rakats, but wherever the Jamaat was, 20 rakats were performed for the perhaps the first time in their history in those masajid. But then he would perform whatever recite there. Then in the winter also, at that too, sometimes run short because now people can't manage it. So sometimes he read half para in the tarawi, but now still for the whole day he couldn't manage to cover the one para. So in the end, I don't think he made his khatam. Though they said he's trying to make the khatam. But the khatam was including the fajr salah and the isha salah. Allah Adam whether he was reciting something in Zohar and Asar too. Allah knows best. So the point is that there was no khatam of the Qur'an Sharif anyway. Illa mashallah, maybe somewhere it was happening, we were in the way of. One day in one masjid, it was at the time of Sahri. Well, after Sahri was over, it was before Fajr Salah basically. So everybody was seated now, they completed their Sahri, they were busy making tilawat. Somebody sitting here, somebody there, waiting for the Fajr time, Fajr Salah to come in. So one youngster came in. And he sat down next to one of the Satis of the Jamaat. And he, now this person was making tilawat. So he just sat down and he carried on well, quietly listening. So after this person realized now, this person is sitting here for a while. After a while then he terminated his tilawat and he greeted him. Assalamualaikum, how are you, whatever, who are you? So the person started talking to him. So as a short conversation now because I think the Fajr Azan might have started or whatever. So then he quickly put his hand inside his pocket and he took out like a material bag. And he's giving him this. So he asked him, but what is this all about? He says, no, no, this is for, it's for you all. So he says, what is this? But So now, this was, he says, he had been saving from a long time. So now a little bit at a time, some coins. Whatever little he could be saving, he says, now this is all what he has saved over a long time. But he says, y'all are 
Hafiz of the Quran. So I think you all are the most deserving of this. I want to give it to you all. Now his whole life savings basically, whatever it might have been, though the amount might have been small, but for him it was a very big thing. Because Allah knows best from when he's saving that one one coin, for what? And he felt this is best shared with people of the Quran Sharif, out of his good thoughts. Because this was something unheard of that in one group there can be seven, six, seven hafazat in the way, like one, what jamaat? Something beyond their imagination. Now there was such qadr for this, so much of appreciation for it, that he decided to part with his life savings just as a gift to somebody who can decide the Quran, who somebody is half of the Quran Sharif. He was rejoicing over this. He was ready to part with his life savings to show appreciation for this gift and bounty of Allah Ta'ala of the Quran Sharif. Now, this Allah Ta'ala is very, very great Fazal Karam Ihsan upon us that Allah Ta'ala has made this so easily possible in terms of the facility being available anywhere and everywhere almost where without difficulty a person can find a suitable place for the hymns of his get his children to do the hymns of the Quran Sharif but the issue is that the hymns of the Quran Sharif is not the end of the road this is only the starting point memorizing the Quran Sharif is a very great bounty of Allah Ta'ala the reality of it we can never imagine in dunya beyond our comprehension to imagine what the greatness of this bounty is the reality of that will only open out in the akhirat whatever we have been told in the Hadith Sharif etc gives us the virtues but we can never still realize how great we have some idea but that idea too is far from the reality that reality will only open out in the akhirat so that is beyond our imagination but that is not the end of the road that somebody has memorized the Quran Sharif so it's now mission accomplished no the mission only starts one is the acquiring of the Quran Sharif memorizing the Quran Sharif learning the Quran Sharif but then Together with that is Amal Bil Quran. That now to mold one's life according to the Quran Sharif. These occasions of the Khatam of the Quran Sharif are occasions for reminders for all of us, for myself, for everybody, that this is the crucial part of this fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with the Quran Sharif, that now the life has to be molded according to the Quran Sharif. Now in this time and age that we are in, as we are getting closer to Qiyamah, the abundance of fitnas that are being unleashed on the Ummah, this has now become a time to attach ourselves in reality to the Quran Sharif more than ever before. In this country, we have, we don't realize it because we didn't see it, how it happened, but we are deeply indebted, very, very, very deeply indebted to our forefathers and those who had initially come down to this country from India and wherever else, those who came in different parts of the country from different places. And when they came, there was nothing, there was no infrastructure of deen. And they came primarily to try and earn a decent living for their families but when they came to earn a decent living for their families they didn't leave their deen behind where they came and came they didn't leave their deen back at home in their homelands and come only with one objective that this is it come what may now this is we have to just dedicate our lives to dunya and deen will see many countries of the world where that happened people came from Arab lands to various countries in South America and where not and unfortunately left their deen back at home one generation later there was no deen left but likewise locally there was no infrastructure of deen and they had bread and butter issues they were struggling for the basics they were trying to still establish themselves but they never compromised on a masjid 
O Musalla and a madrasa for their children. Come what may, in that time it required importing a person from overseas to Ramantij. Bring him down from somewhere, overseas, from India, wherever. Make all arrangements for him, take care of him. Then you get that madrasa running. It wasn't that there was a list of people now, short list now, who you want to interview. You have to go and find somebody and bring him in. And despite all these challenges that were there, they laid the foundation. And the, they planted the seeds, the fruit we are plucking. They planted the seeds, they did the hard work of digging that hard ground, planting those seeds, tending to that. That's a very, very delicate part of that. When things are just that shoot is just growing up to tend to it, to see to it, water it. Then someday later the fruit gets plucked, years later. And they did that groundwork. So we are just plucking the fruit. We are deeply indebted to them. But that is now something that we should be taking a lesson from. The seeds that they planted, today we are plucking the fruit. If we don't look after these trees, the next generation will have nothing. Few generations down, everything will be lost. One person, old man, was planting one tree. All little seedling was planting one tree. So one young person, very, very bright young person, very sophisticated, maybe he was somebody who had studied rocket science maybe. So he passed by there and he asked him, uncle, what are you doing? So he said, well, I'm planting a tree. So he asked him, how old you are? So he gave his age, maybe he was 80 years old. So he says, you're 80 years old and you're planting this tree, how many years it will take for this tree to now grow up and bear fruit? So he says, well, this, this is a olive tree. It takes about 40 years before it bears fruit. She so says, you think you're going to see the fruit? You're already one leg in the grave. And you're busy planting trees. So now because he was so smart, probably studied rocket science now, so he could work it out now. This old man now, 80 years old, by the time this tree bears fruit, this man will be already long gone. So this old man, simple person, he said, yes, I won't be around. But if my grandfather also thought like how you are talking, I wouldn't have seen any trees. He planted the trees, I am enjoying the fruit. I'll plant some trees, my grandchildren will enjoy the fruit. So he didn't worry about whether I'll see the fruit or not, but he's looking ahead. Now for dunya, we look ahead, far ahead. We plan for a long time and we plan for long after we've gone also. But now for the Deen to remain alive, for Qur'an Sharif to continue, the Talim of the Qur'an Sharif to continue, and for the true essence and the spirit of the Qur'an Sharif to remain alive. That is something we have to make an effort for. Now one is, mashallah, the tahfiz of the Qur'an Sharif, memorizing the Qur'an Sharif, learning the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif, etc. But together with that, in this time and age that we are living in, with all these fitnas that are being unleashed in the Ummah, it has become even more important and even more crucially important that we bring alive and keep up the Amal on the Qur'an Sharif and the Amal on the Qur'an Sharif can only be correctly fulfilled when it is done in the manner of the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem So the Sunnah one is in the manner that we understand it and how we generally uh, would describe it that these are the sunnahs of eating and these are the sunnahs of uh, entering the masjid for example these are the sunnahs of sleeping and indeed all these are parts of the sunnah but sunnah is not confined to some specific acts sunnah is a way of life sunnah is an identity When a person looks in the mirror, then he will see something that he can identify, where it is linked. Because identity is everything in dunya. Without an identity card, you can't get anything done also. You don't know who you are. 
And just as that is one aspect of knowing the identity of the person so that you know who they're dealing with and what's going on. But the identity is what distinguishes a person from one from the other and on what many decisions get made. Many years back when there was the tsunami and in some countries there were many Muslims that were affected. Sri Lanka and wherever. But now it was not only Muslims living in that area. There was a big population of Muslims and a very big population of non-Muslims as well. And in the thousands people were lost their lives. So now in some areas there was nobody to identify who's who. They couldn't make out who's there wasn't anybody. Now one is somebody okay, one, two people they identified that somebody I know, that somebody I know. But many there was nobody to identify them because whole families were wiped out. And nobody to identify whether this person is a Muslim or not also. So eventually it was on what could be visibly ascertained. Now that became the identity. Though Iman is in the heart, Deen and Iman is in the heart, but there is a manifestation of that Iman externally as well. That is the Sunnah way of life. Now that became the basis of which decisions were made, who's who. And people who were identified in some way as a Muslim were buried in the Muslim graveyard. And otherwise they were all buried elsewhere. Now in this time and age, this has become the crucial thing to uphold the identity of Islam. And this is more than anything sometimes in some situations, it is the appearance of a person. Though it is what's within that's the main thing. But the appearance has a very, very great impact on even what's inside. One is that the appearance is not going to take a person through in the akhirat if there's nothing inside. Then the appearance can be perfect, but if inside the problem, that's not going to help. The inside must be in order, the outside must be in order. But, this is a two-way street. The inside will manifest itself outside and the outside impacts on the inside. So now in this time and age, when there is this, and this is not happening by chance, this is not happening just because people are drifting in that direction, this is happening because there is a concerted effort to make it go in that direction. That the identity of Islam is being completely diluted and being washed down and it starts off with washing away the appearance of a Muslim. So now when a person has lost the appearance of a Muslim, and especially in form of dressing, and the type of dressing that the females are made to now adopt, the styles and fashions which are devoid of haya, and then at the most it will be covered up with some upper garment, some abaya maybe, but the indoors and outdoors, so indoors is something else, outdoors is something else, Whereas Deen is for all places. There is no such thing as being a Muslimah outside and somebody else inside. There are certain relaxations in those obviously. But the identity of a Muslim must be visible anywhere. Now this is being pushed very very forcefully through the media, through social media, through the, any magazine, through any other. Whichever way this is being pushed at a, in a way that we don't even realize and there's a complete shift in how people are conducting themselves, how they're living their lives, what kind of dressing they adopt, how they have their functions. They see a wedding taking place and that will give an indication what goes on and how things are done and whether there can be any distinction between a Muslim wedding and something else. So now this is the aspect of Amal Bil Qur'an that part of this is keeping alive the identity of a Muslim in all facets of life.
Because when this gets diluted, then the next thing is what's inside. When the appearance and the outside is now changed, then the next thing is the door is open to affect the inside. Then the mindset gets changed with it. A very simple example is always given. Make a child, five, six year old child, make him wear a kurta, long kurta, put a turban on his head and so on and you might see he's pretending to be the Imam. Somewhere when children are playing now, you might walk in, you'll find he is pretending to be the Imam. And he's probably maybe if he's pretending to be the Ustad, he might be jacking somebody up too. But now he he is acting out a role based on how he's dressed. That is impacting on what he wants to be. So now put him into a clown's uniform, if he knows what's a clown all about, you'll see him jumping around like one clown. Put him in on policeman's uniform, so now he'll be chasing somebody around. And he's like, whatever he knows about it. So whereas he's just a child, but that is a very glaring indication that that external appearance and that garment is having an impact on what's inside. That's impacting on the behavior. That's impacting on his thinking. And this is a reality. It continues as the person grows, gets older. That effect is not gone somewhere else. It continues. So in any case, the point was that the Qur'an Sharif, one is mashallah, the learning of the Qur'an Sharif, something to really rejoice over, something to be extremely happy on. Allah has tremendously great bounty and na'mad. And as just discussed in the light of the ayat, this is what the Qur'an Sharif Allah says to us in the Qur'an Sharif. This is something to be happy over and rejoice over. This is truly wealth. Because all the things that are amassed in dunya, in the end is going to be left in dunya. That is not going to go anywhere with the person. But this will come along. This will come along in the grave, it will come along in the akhirat, on the day of qiyamah, it will be of assistance to him and become a means of great benefit to him. And if a person lived the Qur'an Sharif, then it will become a means of tremendous, the stage is being raised tremendously in the akhirat. But together with the learning of the Qur'an Sharif, and this is indeed as mentioned something to rejoice, in fact every bounty of deen is what is the real bounty. This is the real bounty. Person was given the tawfiq of performing his salah, that's such a great bounty. But we don't feel that this was such a great bounty. We feel we just did a duty to Allah Ta'ala and that's it. Or sometimes one beyond that, we feel we did Allah Ta'ala a favor. Whereas Allah Ta'ala's gift and bounty, Allah Ta'ala gave somebody the topic of reciting the Quran Sharif is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat and bounty. To feel that bounty, to make shukr over it. The ni'mat of reciting some tasbih is Allah Ta'ala's gift. The bounty of taking some steps in the path of Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala's gift. Of taking some, making some effort in some way to help somebody, to do some good. These things are taken as just, by the way, Allah Ta'ala has very great rahmat, very great blessing and bounty, to feel the reality of this ni'mat. And dunya, dunya is going to stay behind. The heart must not be attached to dunya. We use dunya, Allah's ni'mat, make shukar over it, but the heart for Allah Ta'ala. Dil bayar, dast bakar. One statement of the mashayikh says, Dil bayar. The heart, the heart with Allah Ta'ala. The hands in the world, meaning the hands in dunya, the hands in one's business, the hands in one's whatever his profession is, whatever else, but his heart for Allah Ta'ala. His heart, there's no space in the heart to connect himself to dunya. That should never be the case. His aspiration, aspiration for akhirat. And therefore, whatever he does, he does for Allah Ta'ala alone. And Allah Ta'ala will grant whatever is destined for him, Allah will grant him. How Allah Ta'ala wants to do it, that's Allah Ta'ala's prerogative. How it comes, Allah Ta'ala as he wills. Whether a person can add it on, how it works out, 2 plus 2 equals 4, it's becoming 5, how it's working out to 5, that's in Allah Ta'ala's hisab. Just on this note about, 
as Allah wills it will come. There's a lot of ibrat in this, though it's not directly related to the topic, but there's one incident mentioned in the kitabs of one around the 5th century name was either Abu Bakr bin Muhammad or Muhammad bin Abi Bakr he was a very great person, scholar, muhaddith so in any case he had come for Hajj now while he was there one day he was in a very difficult situation he had no provisions left and having a very hard time just to now for basics, food as he's walking and coming to wherever he was staying he finds one bag lying somebody had dropped something so it was a silken bag so he picked it up and he brought it to his room and he opened it up there was a pearl necklace in it but it was something that he had never seen in his life something like this and it was very obvious that this is extremely valuable very very valuable any case he tied it up and put it one side came out sometime later so somebody is walking up and down and he is making an announcement and he's saying that a bag was lost anybody who returns that bag finds it and returns it there's a reward of 500 dinars 500 gold coins now what must have been the value of that pearl necklace that he is prepared to give as the reward 500 gold coins now this person heard the announcement so he went up to him so he told him ok come with me so he brought him and he first asked him the description of everything describe the bag, describe the contents of the bag so everything matched what was found so now when everything was matched so he was convinced that now this is the own obviously so then he took the bag and he handed it over to him and he handed it over to him so this person he now took out that 500 dinars and he's saying this is for you so he said sorry I don't want it she says no but this is he said no what I did was my duty I picked up somebody's possession so it was my responsibility to find the owner and return it to him now you made it easier for me that you came around announcing for it, so I found the owner more easily, I would have to look for you. So returning this to you is my duty and responsibility, that is my shari obligation in fact, because I picked it up. So I will not take any reward for it, because I did this for Allah Ta'ala. So now he's trying to convince him, please, I'm giving it from my side, he says, sorry, I did this for Allah Ta'ala, and I don't want anything from you for that. And whereas he was in this very difficult situation he was in dire circumstances himself any case this person failed to convince him to take it so eventually he left and went away he went away this person finally after the time had passed and he now had to leave return home so he finally boarded one ship and as en route something happened there was a storm broke out that ship got battered in the storm it sunk many people lost their lives he ended up floating on one piece of wood for a while on two days and ended up on one island so when I ended up on the island, the island was inhabited so went on distance saw a masjid so went and sat on people probably saw there's some stranger here, maybe asked him what happened to so they allowed him to stay in the masjid they might have taken care of him but now one day somebody overheard him reciting Quran Sharif so you can decide Quran Sharif so said, Alhamdulillah I decide Quran Sharif so they said no no then you must teach our children Quran Sharif also so now suddenly a class started off there because now he's stranded on this island don't know when next some in those days then some ship will come around and somehow they can board that ship so now he's teaching Quran Sharif then gradually they got to know that he can write as well which was a very rare thing so he said well what you need to teach our children how to read and write as well so now they got him to now now they seeing this person mashallah he became the imam of the masjid he is reciting Quran, teaching the children Quran Sharif, teaching them so eventually they said you know what this person is here mashallah what a wonderful person, good akhlaq etc and we've benefited so much from him already 
So one day they came along to him and said, look, we want you to get married to this one girl that's living here. So he said, look, I want to get back home. The so, is, I'm just here because of circumstances. I don't want to remain here forever. I've got a family back home. He said, I'm stuck here. He said, no, please, whatever they somehow convinced him to agree. He agreed. He said, she's an orphan. She's a yatima. Father passed away. So he finally agreed. So eventually the nikah took place. After the nikah, now in the company of other family members, his wife was brought to him. And when his wife was brought to him, so she was wearing some jewelry. And his gaze got transfixed on the jewelry. And now he's standing there and just staring at the jewelry. So the others are looking at him, somebody tried to attract his attention maybe. But he's so transfixed on that. So somebody finally nudged him and said, you are causing a very big offense here now. These people got you married and now your wife is in your presence but you are more interested in the jewelry. So when he realized now that he was so absorbed in this and people are all observing what's going on, so now he decided to explain to them, he says, no, there's a big story behind this. I'm looking at this pearl necklace she's wearing. And why I'm so amazed at this is that I can say with certainty this is exactly the pearl necklace that I found that was lost in Makkah Mukarramah and it was in a silken bag that I picked up and then I handed it over to the person and this is, I'm 100% sure it is that very same necklace. Now when he said this, all those people gathered there, they shouted Allahu Akbar Takbir in such a loud manner that people outside came to see what's going on. That something happened here, what's going on? He is now surprised at them now, what's, what's the matter with you all? So this is SubhanAllah, the person who the owner of this necklace, he was the father of this girl that he was married to now. And after he returned from that Hajj, from time and again he used to mention this incident that he lost this bag and then somebody had found it and how he tried to finally convince the person to take the reward but he refused to take it and he used to say, one, make one statement in the end, See, if ever I knew who the person was, I'll get my daughter married to him. See, if I knew who the person was, but now he is way in which direction of the world and where I am. So I would have got my daughter married to him. See, he passed away. He passed away, perhaps it might have been not long before that. He passed away and this is his daughter. So now in any case this person was already married. Time passed. He had two children. It happened that over time his wife passed away, those children passed away. All over time he became the sole inheritor of that necklace. Now what the point was, he gave up something for Allah Ta'ala, he could have hid it quietly and said, I don't know anything about it. But that was haram, that was stealing obviously. But he didn't do that. Allah is watching, Allah is aware. So he didn't touch it in a haram way for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala returned it to him in a halal way. It doesn't always happen in such a dramatic manner. It won't always happen in such a glaring way. But it happens. It happens in dunya already. The barakat of the good that a person does, every subhanallah, it brings its noor, it brings its reward in dunya already. The real place of the reward is akhirat. Dunya is a very, very, very small place. Every righteous action, every turakat salah that he performed, every ayat of tilawat he made, every good word he said to somebody, to encourage someone to whatever good deed he did, none of this goes in vain. Everything brings its goodness, it brings its barakat and blessings. The real place of the reward is the akhirat. Dunya, dunya is a very, very small place. We cannot even imagine one iota of what akhirat is, but even in dunya the barakat of this comes. And likewise the opposite. The misdeeds, the wrongs, the vices, the sins, the indulgence in all the fitnas that are now just engulfing the ummah and what goes on on social media and all the haram that takes place on the phones and whatever else, Allah forbid, Allah save us. 
this is causing havoc in families, in homes, in lives, and in the ummah at large. And Allah forbid this is only what's the consequences in dunya, what's in akhirat, Allah Ta'ala save us. So this is the message and the lesson for myself, for all of us, that these occasions of Khatm al-Quran are not just for the sake of just uh, because something has just been done. No, it is on the one side that happiness, that rejoicing is part of a mu'min's iman, that he rejoices on the completion of the Qur'an Sharif, because this is indeed a very great achievement. But then there's also an occasion to take these lessons to heart. Take these lessons to heart that the Qur'an Sharif must come alive in all its facets. The words of the Qur'an Sharif, learning it, memorizing it, teaching it, practicing on the Qur'an Sharif, propagating the message of the Qur'an Sharif, and every facet of the Qur'an Sharif must come alive. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala accept the khatam that has taken place. Allah ta'ala make it a means of tremendous khair and barakat for the hafiza, for the family, for the extended family, for one and all, for those who have played any role in the completion of this hymns. And all those who have completed their hymns, those who are still undertaking the journey of hymns, Allah ta'ala make it easy for one and all. Allah ta'ala make all huffaz in the true sense of the word. Bearers of the Qur'an Sharif, those who love the Qur'an Sharif and those who will be raised as the bearers of the Qur'an Sharif on the day of Qiyamah as well. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكره الذاكرون وصل على سيدنا محمد كلما غفل عن ذكره الغافلون ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأبتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم ارزقنا حبك اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عملي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهدنا سجميعا اللهم اهدنا سجميعا اللهم اهدنا سجميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا وأصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام 
Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Grant us the topic of being all that pleases you, Ya Allah. Bilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the traps of nafs and shaitan have been laid at every step, Ya Allah. Bilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, without your help and protection, Ya Allah, we'll become the muscles of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you protect us, Ya Allah. You guide us, Ya Allah. You save us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, our hearts are for your love, Ya Allah. We fill our hearts with all the ghayr, Ya Allah. With all the aghyar, Ya Allah. All those Allah, all the vices and sins, Ya Allah, all the love of dunya, Ya Allah, the attachment to dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove this attachment to dunya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the love of the sins, Ya Allah. Remove the ya Allah, taste of the vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. With the love of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. With the love of making amal on the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. With the love of conveying the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. With the love of the efforts of deen, Ya Allah. With the love of Ya Allah. Ya Allah, making amal on deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept us in our progeny till qiyamah with the efforts of deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat and qabool, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. And all those who, are completing, who have completed the hips of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Accept their khatam, Ya Allah. Accept this khatam that has taken place, Ya Allah. Make it a means of every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of, Ya Allah, your rahmat descending, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, every hafiz of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Make each one a true bearer of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Make, one who's, make each one, Ya Allah, one whose life, Ya Allah, internally and externally is a, Ya Allah, embodiment of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, one whose heart is filled with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make everyone, Ya Allah, the flag bearers of deen, Ya Allah. The flag bearers of the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, save us in the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to identify ourselves as mu'mineen, Ya Allah. Let us be, Ya Allah, happy to identify ourselves as mu'mineen, Ya Allah. Enable us to shun the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the hatred of the ways of the Yahud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the love of the Mubarak Sunnah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the love of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the love of his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, of Ya Allah, istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on salah, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of salah, Ya Allah. Make salah the coolness of our eyes, Ya Allah. Grant us the enjoyment of tilawat, Ya Allah. The ecstasy of zikr, Ya Allah. The pleasure of dua and talking to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Put the sweetness of ibadat in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the pleasure of the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our hearts turn away and disinclined from dunya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, incline our hearts to you, Ya Allah. To deen, Ya Allah. To the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. To the efforts of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Throughout the world, Ya Allah, whatever effort of deen is taking place, Ya Allah. In the line that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of deen coming alive, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are making an effort for deen, Ya Allah. Accept one and all, Ya Allah. Bless each one with ikhlas, Ya Allah. Bless with all the qualities, Ya Allah, that are required for the service of deen, Ya Allah, and for acceptance in deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. 
Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, unite one and all on the path of Haq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick of them, Shifai Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Ya Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those in any difficulties and hardships, remove it with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, whatever depression, anxiety, sorrow, grief, Ilahul Alameen, tension that people are experiencing, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah, fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, whatever, Ya Allah, tragedies and hardships people have experienced, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you grant them sabre jameel, Ya Allah, grant them ajr azim, Ya Allah, grant them better replacements, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, whatever, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, in this Mubarak time, Ya Allah, with the khatam of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, all the good, Ya Allah, and noble things that your pious servants have asked on such occasions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever they sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Fill each one's heart with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make each one, Ya Allah, a true bearer of, the flag bearer of Islam, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make the children the coolness of the eyes of their parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make the parents compassionate and kind to their children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant the parents, Ya Allah, the topic of making the correct tarbiyat of their children, Ya Allah. Making the effort to instill, Ya Allah, your love in the hearts of the children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable the parents to guide their children, Ya Allah, in the path of deen, Ya Allah, to the on the road of Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make children respect their parents, Ya Allah. Make them honor their parents, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them the realization of what is the, ya Allah, the value of service and khidmat of their parents, Ya Allah. What is the, Ya Allah, value and service of Ya Allah, honoring the elderly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with all the beautiful things, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, that you have blessed all your pious servants with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those ni'mas that you have showered on their hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, show our hearts as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we don't deserve anything, Ya Allah. We acknowledge we deserve nothing, Ya Allah. If there was anything we deserved, we deserved azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, but we're begging from you, Ya Allah. You are most kareem, Ya Allah. You are most merciful, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have full hope in your karam, Ya Allah. And despite being deserving of your punishment, Ya Allah, Allah, you will forgive us, Ya Allah. And you will shower down your rahmat upon us, Ya Allah. You will shower down your maghfirat upon us, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive us and the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you guide us to that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we did not ask for and should have been asking, Ya Allah. Grant us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا تقبل منا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم